Just reminds me, actually, one of the first things I did was get you and Jonathan to make me the perfect bacon sandwich. Did we? I don't remember. <laughs> Welcome back to Coach Class with me, Don Birch. This is the podcast where I get to speak to inspirational leaders and coaches from across the world. And I'm delighted this week to be reunited with Chef Neil Nugent. Now, me and Neil go back to Asda days, but since then he's been at Morrison's Waitrose Iceland. He's set up his own company. He's an innovation chef. He's worked on boats around the world. He's done all sorts. And as I was just saying, in my first week at Asda, I blagged him and Jonathan to make me the perfect bacon sandwich, which was really just an excuse <laughs> for two professional chefs to make me breakfast at Asda. Neil, welcome to the podcast. You know what? I don't remember that. <laughs> I don't remember that So. But you were cheeky enough to get away with it, and I think we probably did something for you, yeah. Yeah, yeah, yeah. I mean, there was a few times at Asda where I embarrassed myself in relation to food. I remember one time talking about Shea Bruce in um, Tooting, where I'd just lived previously, and I thought it had something to do with Ainsley Harriet, and you just spat your tea at me, I think. Yeah. <laughs> I said, you what? <laughs> anyway, I was I was green. Yeah. I didn't know anything. No, no, no that's, uh, that's good. I was probably being a bit, bit too clever and... You know, no, as no, all, you all the chefs could be at some point. Not at all, not at all. Now, tell us a little yeah. bit about you then. So, what you know, what what's brought you to where you are now and what you're up to now? Well, I just love food and, um, you know, and, and I started off life as a, you know, being inspired to go into, you know, cookery classes at school and then get on to being, go to um, college and work in restaurants. And so, you know, I just... Uh, what keeps me going is just just good food, working with food, great ingredients, and that's you know it just just never stops really. So uh, I just I just love food, love feeding people, and uh, you know continue to do it. It's uh, I don't know. I was trying to work it out how many years I left school at fifteen, pretty much had a in and out of college, but a full time job since I was like fifteen, sixteen years old, and. You know, that's uh, a long time ago. <laughs> and what was it like? What have you learned along the way? I mean, I guess, you know, if you're going to work in the food industry, you've got to be willing to put the hours in and you've got to be willing to start at the bottom and really learn your craft before you get to yeah. get to the next stages. But, you know, talk me through that because people who haven't been in a professional kitchen or been in a restaurant or worked in that sector probably just sat in front of computers our whole career. Well, I'm a great believer in learning your trade and doing the, getting the, uh, you know, the hard work, the basics behind you. It's, um, and, and, and that's kind of exactly what I did, put plenty of hours in and left my hometown of Rochdale and worked in London and all over to, just to learn, you know, work with great chefs and uh, le- learn your craft. And and I think that's really those sort of early five, six, probably eight years of cooking in restaurants and working with great chefs has really kind of set the foundation for what we were able to do next. So um, whether that's you getting into product development, I understand food, I understand ingredients. As I moved into retail, you start to understand brands, customers and stuff in a different way. So, But the foundation of learning to cook, understanding what goes with what, if you add this, if you add that to a recipe, what's going to happen, you know, whether it's, a, whether it's bread or a meal or a piece of fish or whatever it is you do, how can you kind of transform it into something really tasty? And that, it, it comes from the foundation of learning to cook. And I kind of learned to cook what I would call the French way, in the French classic way, So it's, which is a real technical way of learning to cook. So that's what's 
really kind of stood me well in my whole career. And are there certain people that you look back to that were formative, that were sort of inspired you or, you know, good and bad? Because sometimes you can be led by a bad manager or a bad leader and kind of take the good bits and the bad bits away. Yeah, there was a chef at um, a, a restaurant I used to work at just outside of Rochdale, and um, it, it's called the Normandy in, in Bertel near Berry. And, you know, it was very famous at the time in the 80s. And uh, a guy called Stuart Beard, and he was he was a real soft guy. He wasn't a hard, tough chef or anything. But he, he was like, you know, if you're into cooking, if this is what you need to do, stay with me for a year or so, and then get yourself down to London, work with these chefs and that. And, and he kind of uh, built that kind of foundation and confidence that I could, I could go and get in on a train and go to London and work there. And, and, and he kind of gave us the pointers really of what, of what to do. And, you know, I'm still in contact with him now. He's a, he's a great guy. He's a, he's a lovely guy. And, and then from there on, you kind of bump into other chefs who, you know, like there was a guy who I worked with called Simon Hopkinson. He ran a place called the Bendham where I worked for a year now, you know, he, he, he was, um, really tough to work with but he had a completely different style of cooking which had not come across before and he was inspiring in his own right not not easy to work for not pleasant to work for at all but you know from a, a chef and inspirational point of view I still cook some in his style and his recipes you know now so I don't know 30 years on whatever it is so yeah so it's uh so he was quite a big influence on that how I produce food now and before we get to what you're up to now, talk me through some of the experience in the world of retail, right? So what what yeah. is it? As you look back at sort of Asda, Morrison's, Waitrose, Iceland, right? All those yeah. different places. I'm sure they have certain things in common, but what was it that, because you were, you know, you were being really in, innovative, particularly when I knew you at Asda, right? Asda wasn't famous for food. It was famous for price. And it always struggled then to, I guess, mm. convince people that you can do price mm. and quality. And, you know, yeah. maybe some of the, you know, discounters have kind of pointed to the way more recently that you can sort of circle that square. But what was it that, about those days that, you know, you, you look back on? I mean, my first retail job was Asda, as you, as you know, and, uh, and, and, and yes, they had one leg to stand on, which was price, which was very frustrating. But at the same time, you, you've got however many million customers used to come in every week. You know, they need inspiration. They need to know what to cook for tonight. So there was plenty of opportunity to innovate. Um, and I think, what I did what Asda was learn a little bit about what people buy, what they don't buy, what they're interested in. And, and going back then, you know, we had a bit more license. You know, retailers would take a bit more chance. There, there, were, there was less of less shops, I suppose, back in the late 90s, early 2000s. And um, you could try more stuff. Suppliers were more open to innovation. We would try lots of different, from meal kits to meals to soups, sauces, whatever. We would try all sorts of stuff. Uh, I think the world's a little less innovative now. But what I learned as there is just a bit about the consumer branding uh, and a lot, a lot about leadership. One of the great things about, you know, I was from a kitchen and just liked swearing at people and stuff like that. And, and what Asda did was made you respect everyone around you. We, I went on leadership courses and, um, you know, project management courses. And they put a lot of structure around who have become, I suppose. And that's really set me in good stead for when I went to, uh, I didn't know that at the time, but I did 11 years at Asda and they didn't realise how much they'd structured me to cope with places like Waitrose and then Morrison's and, you know, uh, latterly uh, Iceland, you know. I grew up a bit as there, I would say, and maybe you would say the same. 
I cried and cried when I left because I didn't know it was the right thing to do, but it, it was. And, and I went to Waitrose and it's very different there. But, um, but yeah, it's um, customers, consumers, branding, all those sort of things. And then you chuck a bit of being able to cook and be able to transfer, transform food around is, you know, it really set me up well, really. I remember being at a couple of the PR events. I think there was one where we were in the Kensington Roof Gardens and it was... Oh, yeah, I remember that, yeah. It was either snowing outside and we were pretending it was July or it was July outside and we were pretending it was December. It was one or the other. I think it was... Was it really hot? And we, we, it was, uh, we were doing a Christmas event up there. Oh, no, I'll tell you, I remember it now. It was bloody freezing and you were doing a barbecue outside. <laughs> oh, yeah, yeah. I mean, you know, we... We used to do these press events and yeah, get, try and get people to write about what you're doing. It was probably the barbecue range or something, and it's probably freezing. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> so, what are you up to nowadays? What What is it that you know? Because you still sounds like you still have that sort of fire in your belly. I suppose it's something that if you're passionate about something, it's never going to leave you. What What What? How do you apply yourself now? What What is it that, that you're up to? Well, I kind of uh, set up um, a business. Uh, with with a, a mate of mine who had been, to, I met him at Asda actually. He, he didn't work for Asda, but and uh, we set up a business. Uh, Andy Upton is called, and he, I think you know him. But he, um, we'd been talking about doing something together for a long time, and we set up a business called Panku, and it's morphed into. I say morphed because I don't want to waffle on about it for too long. But it's now um, we, we do sushi and meals in on counters in in, in Asda in the UK. Uh, we have some others opening outside of the UK, but uh, as today we opened a 140 foot shop. So yeah, we do sushi, ready meals, kind of snacks and stuff like that, gyozas and all this, and it's all kind of made in store, constructed in store, uh, fresh rice and stuff like that. And yeah, it's it's good, it's great. That's it. It's a cracking business, um, and that's kind of one of the things I do for for my sins. I work with Gino De Campo and his his brand, which sells in Asda and in the main and and then I do a lot still a lot of work with um with, with Iceland so I do a lot of recipes and sourcing product from them mainly from Italy so I love Italy and I've got a really good relationships with lots and lots of factories in Italy they do a brilliant job so yeah we're bringing pizzas ready meals stuff like that from from uh we just started doing arancini and little snacks like that from from italy so yeah so that's uh, for iceland a little bit for asda uh morrison's as well so yeah i kind of use all my old connections if i can and um bring in develop products source them uh but yeah that's on top of the pancake so I'm, I'm having a lot of fun at the moment days are very different I go to italy a lot spend time with the, the Panku teams, you know, it's it's great. I love it. It's just so, so diverse, uh, you know, and it's, yeah, it's fun. <laughs> <laughs> well, that's perfect, isn't it? And it's like, it's yeah. funny, because I think you look back and you kind of go, you use your connections now, that network that you've built up over 30 years, working mm. with people, working alongside people, getting to know people. And it's obviously, mm. it's hard to predict where you're going to end up. I mean, you probably yeah. couldn't have known 20 years ago when you were at Asda where you'd be now. As you look back, though, and for people listening who are kind of like at that earlier point of their career, maybe just out of uni, maybe just in their first job, what are those key things? What are those tips that you would give, you know, your younger self? And, and maybe it's a like, you know, don't worry about it. Like it will all work its way out. But those connections and network, I mean, those are the things that have set me in good stead. I know that having left Asda, I can fall back on that network that, you know, we spent 10, 15 years building just because 
you know, you were there and that was the people you were with. Yeah, I mean, and uh, I think one of the things is is, is uh, just not, you're not burning bridges and being kind to eat people and, and, and trying to have an element of fun. And what will happen is over those years, people will remember that. And then, oh, yeah, as we do, we agree each other. Oh, yeah, we, we, we had a bit of fun and we were, we were kind to each other. And it, it's, it sort of really sets you up. So that's one of the bits of advice is like, don't, don't get kind of angry or fall out with people or anything like that. Just try and, you know, learn from, you know, various people that you bump into, give everybody a chance and it'll all come back to you in, in, in the end. Um, you know, it's, I mean, there might be a couple of people who don't like me or whatever, but it, generally most of the time we, we were enjoying our work and that's what I would recommend to people. And I saw, you know, my kids, they're not kids anymore, but 28 and 23 year olds and they're kind of get a bit grumpy about work and stuff at times and just say, oh, well, no, you can, you need to fight through this one. And, uh, and you'll come out better. And, and that's what would happen is, you know, you, you go through some tough times with a business and then you get the good rides for a bit. Um, and and then there's a, a time you might need to change your role, change your job. But um, I, I would say these all things kind of, these things sort of all naturally happened. I didn't go look, like searching to go from one retailer to the next. It sort of happened mm. kind of naturally, I suppose. It, it was... It was it just felt like the right thing to do at the time, and I just went went with the the flow. And uh, but yeah, I think I think people get a little bit too um, wound up when things get a bit hard. You know, stick it out and go through some of the hard times, and 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 just be be good to each other. Uh, you know, I watch a lot of people fall out at work over daft stuff. You know, and and you maybe don't need to just remember you're probably just arguing about. Well, I would be arguing about how much ham's on a pizza, or should we have another piece of pepperoni, or you know, it's <laughs> it's uh, you know, it's not life threatening stuff. Just just you know, be nice to each other and get on with stuff and respect each other's space, and you'll you'll get on really well. Mm. I think. I remember saying to Sean Horner at the time, Sean Durham. Now I remember saying to her Asda, and she was having a bit of a tough time, and I said, "Being at Asda's like being on a roller coaster, right?" You know what? If it's if it's good, like put your arms in the air and scream and enjoy it. And when it's bad, hold on with your fingernails for dear life because it will be good again at some point in the future. And enjoy the good parts and know that in the bad parts, it's temporary. These things are temporary. So it's like just being present and getting through a few of those. And then you can always get off the roller coaster and go and sit in the teacups if you really want. Like no one's compelling you to be here. Yeah, 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 yeah. No, it was. It was. um you know, some real traumatic times in the 11 years that I had at uh, Asda. But then they just really knew how to celebrate as well. I thought Asda was a great place where, you know, when things were going well, everybody knew about it, you know, for every level down, to, you know, into the stores. The head office uh, operated slightly differently to everywhere else I've worked. You know, it's um, the, the stores are at the very much the forefront of the business. And, uh, you know, I thought that was, you know, they had a, a great style. Uh, at the time, you know, I, I don't, I go in now, but I, I don't really know how they operate now, but certainly back in the sort of late nineties and two thousands, it was a, a kind of a good, a good place to work. I, I look back on it fondly. What's next? What's around the corner? What's sort of beckoning you towards oh, it? We've got another brand, which we've been working with a, a amazing lady called Asma Khan. She's got a restaurant called Darjeeling Express. Um, and uh, we've done some sort of meals and things with her, and we're just trying to get them into retail and stuff now. And 
you know, it's, it's tough at the moment. It's tough to get a, a meeting with, you know, a buyer or whatever, but, um, and obviously value is important and stuff, but so we're, we're trying to get asthma as a brand off the ground. And, and that's really exciting because some of the stuff we're doing is beautiful. And that's, so that's one thing that's, you know, every week we're pushing and uh, hopefully in the next, probably in the next six weeks, I think it's going into a card or first. So uh, watch this space. We're still pushing Panku and changing the menus and looking at, you know, new ideas and stuff for there. And, and then, you know, spending a bit of time in Italy and just expanding what we might source from Italy. Uh, at the moment, it's mainly kind of frozen stuff, but, you know, I'm talking to some guys about pasta and tomatoes and some more commodity stuff. So, so you know, all, all that stuff keeps me busy. And, and, and um, sorry, I think you hear me dog barking, but, uh, you know, she's she's bit through the window watching the house. So no one's walking past to get back to so, But, yeah, um, no, that, all that stuff keeps me going and, uh, the asthma things I'm really excited about. Um, we've got another brand we've created called Shroomy Kitchen, which is all about uh, pressed mushrooms that we've done into steaks and stuff. And we started selling them through the summer in Iceland and we'll get them into other retailers, but they're delicious. You know, it's there's a movement away from the kind of vegan uh, protein replacements, which are a bit processed, you know, the kind of soy and stuff like that. So these are just literally pressed mushrooms and we you know and and they just taste insane it tastes really good so we're trying to work on stuff like that so yeah all, all this stuff keeps me going um yeah it's all exciting some of it's a bit boring you know but some of it's uh when you start talking about how you get a box from italy over here i start to lose me a bit but uh <laughs> It's what's in the box. I get excited about. <laughs> <laughs> I can hear it. I can hear it. And I can feel it. Well, Neil, listen. It's been great catching up. I think me and you are way overdue some food and probably a couple of beers to go with it. So we'll have to get that in the diary. But for the meantime, thank you so much for taking the time and coming on to Coach Class. Hey, no worries, Dom. Thanks a lot. Cheers. <laughs> 